If you're looking for industry insider knowledge or seeking advice on the hottest prospects and rookies, if your goal is a better return on investment, these next 30 minutes will not help with any of that. We're going to talk cards. We're going to talk about life. We're going to share some laughs. And we're most definitely going to wax nostalgic. Coming to you from the Why I Collect Studios in the Rod Carew Man Cave, deep in the bowels of the EN Sports Cards Estate, in the heart of Louisville, Kentucky, broadcasting around the world. So put that junk wax binder down and your headphones on. You're listening to the People Over Cards podcast with your host, Jay, a heart of the hobby production. Welcome, my friends. I'm your host, Che, from ensportscards.com, and you're listening to the People Over Cards podcast. Happy Monday, and welcome to the first official episode of People Over Cards. If you're listening to this episode in May of 2023, then odds are you found us via Twitter. So my guest tonight will need no introduction. But if you've just stumbled across this randomly at some point in the future, I'll give him his proper introduction. You may know him as at Watch the Breaks from his hobby Twitter account with over 45,000 followers. You may know him from the hobby streaming show at Go, Go GTS Live. Maybe you know him from his semi-autobiographical. Oh, let me start that over. We'll, 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 we'll clip that. Maybe you know him from his semi-autobiographical. <laughs> it's, it's more fun yeah. unclipped. What are you talking about, Jay? <laughs> yeah, this go is real. Yeah, we can't tell them. We can't tell them that we're clipping this. This is that, live. This is people a, over. It's people, people over, over production. Cars. Yeah, no, it's people that, over production. <laughs> I should have thought more about that word. <laughs> Maybe you know him from his semi-autobiographical 10-episode series, The Breaks, that can still be found on YouTube, by the way. Or maybe you saw him interview Gary Vee, or you've seen him as a panelist at an industry event. Heck, maybe you know him from his sharing the screen of time with Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. But I simply know him as my friend, Ivan Lovren. Ivan, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing great, Shay. Um, it's been a good day. It's a good night. Um, we're in that sweet spot. So depending, again, when you're watching this, uh, just take a deep breath and come back to that sweet spot that is the second week of May in the Midwest when it's 80 degrees, 75 degrees. That's where we're at right now. Things are green. <laughs> they're not dying from cold and they're not dying from heat. It's a good day. It is. It's a good time of year. I just uh, I just got back from Central Tennessee for about five days, and uh, it was it was wonderful. Had perfect weather, so love this time of year. Absolutely love it. So, um, and I want to thank you so much for agreeing to be my guinea pig. You're my first. You're my first live guest. Um, oh wow! Yeah, you were scheduled to be my second. I got to be honest, um, but. Jimmy was a little under the weather the other day. We we had our interview scheduled, and he reached out to me, and he's like, "Man, I'll do it. I, I'll, I'll do it. 
Um, but if I could reschedule, please, uh, I'd love to reschedule so I could be at my best. And I was like, absolutely, absolutely. So um, we'll get back to Jimmy. Uh, he, he's a good one, and I can't wait to have him on. But I'm, I'm so honored that, that you've agreed to come on and, uh, and, and be my first guest on, on what is my um, project that I, I've really wanted to do for a long time. And, you know, I've, I've kind of tinkered around with some YouTube episodes with some of our friends and, you know, we've, we've done things like that, but I really just always thought I, I want to do a podcast and I want to get to know these people that I see, you know, whether I see them at the national or I see them on Twitter or I see them on YouTube or, you know, I read their stuff in, in this magazine or, or on that online platform. I'd love to know more about those, those folks. So that's kind of what, what the goal is here. I'd love to get to know more about ivan uh the collector uh so uh but before we get into our conversation um i'd like to do a little icebreaker you know just uh, do a couple quick questions i got about four questions i want to ask you kind of in rapid fire succession um oh boy yeah so how, how it works I'll see if i'm four, sharp yeah see if see I'm if you're on sharp. It. i'll ask you four questions don't want you to think about your answer uh just give me the first answer that comes to mind so you ready okay all right if you could only collect one sport what would it be uh baseball What's your grading company of choice? Uh, it, that's funny. Um, uh, I can't say it without thinking because for whatever reason, the three letters that just came to my mind were not the actual grading <laughs> company of choice. It's just for whatever reason, some Pavlovian response came up there. Probably not even the one that you, you would think of, um, to be honest. Uh, geez, my problem is my grading company of choice doesn't exist because I am the weirdo me and the guy who designed it, who liked the CSG green labels mm. and the grading standard that the green labels carried. Um, going back even further, I'm the weirdo that liked the SGC 100-point scale. So grading just keeps getting further and further away from what I prefer. Gotcha. So sorry, right. sorry grading companies for non-endorsement <laughs> there. All right, well, how about this one? Best host city for the Nationals. Oh, it's got to be Chicago. Okay, all right. And is the hot dog a sandwich? No. Okay. Very cool. All right. Should have let off of that. That's the easy one. Yeah, that's the easy one. All right, man. So we, we just talked right before we came on, and I feel like I've known you for years. I mean, I guess as as well as you can know someone who you've never met face-to-face or even talked to before this conversation. <laughs> but in all that time that we've interacted on social media, and, you know, we, we're in a – we're in a chat group together, kind of a quasi support group for dads that, you know, um, we, we, um, have gotten to know each other. I think through that probably better than, than anything is, um, mm-hmm. is, you know, talking in there. Um, but I realized, you know, I've known you from your, your Twitter account and I know that, you know, some of the people that you collect and some of the things you like to collect, but I don't know your hobby origin story. I don't know. Why did you start collecting? You know, when did you first fall in love with collecting sports cards? So that's an easy one. Um, I was four years old. Me and my dad went on a trip to Chicago. Um, I'm from Nebraska originally. He's from Chicago. So we went on a trip there in the winter and I got my first pack of cards at a Woolworths and it was a 1988 Donruss All-Stars and I opened the pack and I got an Andre Dawson stand-up card. It's like an insert of Andre Dawson that pops up and like stands up. 
So, Jay, how long have you been collecting? Since 1981. Okay, so you know that yeah. back then there was so few inserts, so few hits that like getting any sort of insert or hit was awesome. Turn that into also it's your favorite team. I was hooked instantly. So I started collecting, um, you know, I was four years old at the time, just about to turn five. Um, and all through grade school, I collected baseball and then uh, football after the strike um, and did it with my dad, did it with my older brother um, and just loved it. I will say what's interesting to me now because then, you know, high school, high school, you get a job, you have to pay for a car, you do sports, you're busy, you know, girls always get thrown in the mix, whether that's true or not, <laughs> right? Whether you're actually wasting your time on them or whether you're just wishing you were. Um, but, uh, you know, so I, I got away from the hobby for a little bit and then college and you're moving constantly. And it was a few years after, um, I'd been in LA for a few years actually when we finally, we moved to this place and I was like, wow, this apartment feels like it's going to be like more permanent. And we actually had more space than we had stuff for. So as we're unpacking, I had over the years I'd been in LA at that point, I bought random hobby boxes, literally like three or four and would rip them open and didn't even have supplies because I was, you know, transient, not transient, but like, you know, the way it works in LA is you live in a place for a year and then the landlord hikes the rent up. And so you find a new place to live. <laughs> like, right. This, when you're young, it's this constant flow. So, um, so I would open the packs and then put them back in the packs. And so I had like four hobby boxes that had traveled with me and, we found this apartment and I was like, Hmm, I think I finally have a place to put these and I should get organized. And I've got like a place for them. Like there was this, this closet of this actually, it was above the closet. There was this space. And that was what got me back into it because I said, Oh, I actually have space. And that ended up being the apartment that we were in for 11 years before we moved back um, just six months ago. So I was right in that regard. And unboxing those and organizing them got me right back into it like I'd never left so that's that's awesome you know I still do that I've got probably three hobby boxes in there that I've opened and just put the cards back in the packs and put them back <laughs> in the box because I didn't feel like sorting them yet but yeah um I heard you mention you know Cubs uh Andre Dawson you were a fan of the team so obviously you've been a Cubs fan since childhood Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, being a Cubs fan growing up, I know you're also a Rams fan. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I, I grew up a bears fan and, um, but I've always found football, maybe it's cause the careers are shorter or free agency, you know, it just hits sooner. Um, and fantasy football, like fantasy football is better than fantasy baseball. Unless you really have the time for fantasy baseball, fantasy football is, is, easy you know it's accessible so i was doing fantasy football from like the time i was like nine years old with my dad and so i was a quasi rams fan because of fantasy football because i had a lot of rams players on my teams in the early 2000s late 90s which is a good time to have them on your teams i've never replicated that success 
I actually quit <laughs> fantasy football in like 2013 because I was like, this is just time suck and I'm anti-suck. Um, so fast forward and the Bears, who were my team, well, you know, they've got older ownership that doesn't like to spend money, that doesn't make big moves, splashy moves. And I'd been living with that for a long time. And at the same time, the Rams, who had a player I really loved, Aaron Donald, were talking about moving to Los Angeles. And it happened sort of coin, like coincided. The Bears re-signed Jay Cutler when they should have let him go. <laughs> and the Rams announced they were moving to L.A. And we had kids on the way and everything. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna become. I'm gonna be a Rams fan. I'm. I'm done with the Bears. I'm not gonna be held hostage by this. I like this fandom idea. And I'm sure there's people listening and judging me right now. And I'm so proud of you for sticking with your team, you know. But um, the team didn't stick with you. And so, and that said, I was a Rams fan during the. You know, I was walking out of the Coliseum with masses that were shouting. You know, like chanting fire fish or like we weren't just nat right out of the gate super bowl champs um you know we we had some suffering too but at least i felt like the organization was behind winning and it's been a lot of fun so and then my kids are rams fans because they were born in la um and my wife really wasn't into football until we um started going to rams games so she's a rams fan too so she's a rams fan now yep well, that's cool that you all have the same team because, you know, my uh, my significant other is a Steelers fan. And Ooh. I have to look, yeah, I've got to look past that. That's uh, I've got – I'm looking right now at a signed Steelers football, which I allow to be in here because Bud Dupree signed it and he played for the University of Kentucky. So we're going to allow that one. Okay. And uh, we also have a signed Steelers helmet uh, in in this office. So um, things you do for love, right? That's, um, yeah. But, no, I, I love the fact that she's supportive and she's – you know, she's a sports fan. She she loves her Steelers and she loves the Cardinals. So I'm Reds and Bengals. And she's yeah, I was gonna say you're 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 your Cincinnati yeah. roots, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm from central Kentucky and we don't have any professional teams other than mm -hmm. minor league in Kentucky at all. So when I grew up, you know, I know you're not big into college football and um college sports, but where I grew up there there were no professional teams. So our team was the University of Kentucky. And it didn't matter whether they were playing football or basketball or baseball or what, whatever it was, that was the team that got the local coverage. And that was the team that you could watch. And that was the team that the small communities rallied around. So I grew up a college first fan and University of Kentucky first fan. But I love sports, man. I played sports. I played all three sports growing up. Um, and I watched any sports I can consume, but I'm old. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm back from the four-channel days, mm. right? There was only four channels available. So if you wanted to watch football, you were watching what the local NBC or CBS station was providing you that day. Mm -hmm. um, so we only got Bengals games in football. That's all I could watch. And my dad was a Bengals fan, so I grew up a Bengals fan. And it's kind of the same with the Reds. That's the only thing I could consume on the radio or on TV. I couldn't watch any other team. So, yeah. Um, I don't really have Cincinnati roots, but growing up, that were those were the only professional teams that I had exposure to. So just learned to love them. And uh, so, yeah, I, I've had a, a life of misery as a sports fan other than University <laughs> of Kentucky basketball. But if you think Bengals football, Reds baseball, and Kentucky football, I haven't had a lot of success to cheer for. Mm -hmm. uh, but I love my teams. I absolutely love my teams for sure. So, um, yeah, I'm, I would have thought that you became a Rams fan after you moved to LA. So that's cool to know that you were a Rams fan 
and you guys kind of moved to LA together, you know, so that, that's kind of, that's pretty cool to find out. So, yeah, well, um, there's, there's actually, it's, it's funny. Um, in that collecting journey, if you want to get real deep into my, into my silly life. Um, so I mentioned that I stopped collecting baseball after the strike and I started collecting football. Well, that year in football was Marshall Falk's rookie year. And also a Cincinnati Bengal, Darnay Scott. I don't know if you remember him. Um, I remember Darnay Scott. It was also his rookie year. So in my first pack of cards that I bought that um, that I bought that year, I pulled a Darnay Scott card that was a You Crash the Game card which meant if he scored a touchdown, there was three dates on the back of the card. And if he scored a touchdown on one of them, you won a prize from upper deck. Um, and so I didn't even know who he was, but my dad was chasing Marshall Falk. He thought Marshall Falk was going to be a hall of famer. turns out he was right. And yet the yeah, cards are still so. worth less today than they were his rookie season. Um, so I chased Darnay Scott for three, four years in collecting. Uh, probably have the world's largest Darnay Scott collection just by default because I don't know anybody else actually owns a hundred cards of him on purpose. Um, <laughs> but also had a good affinity for Marshall Falk, and that's one of the ways that him and the Rams, because you know he went from the Colts to the Rams, so it was actually tied into collecting that I had this you know semi love of the Rams because my dad's chase was Marshall Falk. So that's really cool. That's a cool yeah. story. That's absolutely. Um... You know, I've started collecting, uh, I don't know if you know the story about why I collect Devin Mezzarosco. Um, no, no. No, see, my mom uh, was a huge Kentucky sports fan. She would watch, if they, we have the SEC network around here, and I mean, so in the offseason, you could watch Kentucky volleyball, Kentucky soccer, you can watch Kentucky anything. And if they were playing, she was watching. Um, but in the Kentucky offseason, the summer, she was a bigger Reds fan than she was a UK fan. She watched the Reds every single night. I mean, for years and years. And she would call me, you know, are you watching this? Did you see that? Mm -hmm. I mean, every night she would call me asking, you know, if I just saw that. And I knew she had to be talking about the Reds. Uh, but her favorite Cincinnati Reds player ever was Devin Mezzarosco. Oh. Um, and I think she just had a crush on him, honestly. I think she thought he was cute, you know. And uh, <laughs> she called me and asked me why I wasn't playing. But... Uh, she just, she loved him. I mean, she, he was her favorite player ever. Well, she passed away in 2019 from dementia. Mm. And I had gone to Walgreens to get a prescription for one of my sons. It was like sometime in 2021. And I had never bought one of those repacks that you can buy in Walgreens for $4.99. And I said, I'm going to get one of these because there was no, that was back when there was no cards on the shelf. You couldn't buy anything mm. at retail. And I just thought, I'll pick one of these up. So I grabbed one, and I went home and opened it, and I was flipping through, and there was a lot of 88 Donruss, you know, just a bunch of junk wax in there. And I saw this chrome card coming up, and I'm like, well, it's not all 80s junk. <laughs> and I got to it, and it was a Topps Chrome Devin Mezzarocco rookie autograph. Wow. And I was like, Mom would love that card. And I stopped, and I was like, Mom would love that card. Mm. And it just, man, it made me tear up. And it made me think of Mom. And I hadn't, you know, and I, I never thought about collecting him. Uh, but since I pulled that card and, you know, that was my immediate thought was, 
man, mom would, would love that card. And she's no longer here. And she, she always supported me in my collecting. And, you know, um, so now I've got probably, you've got the world's largest Darnay Scott collection. I've probably got the world's largest <laughs> Devin Mesorosco autograph collection. I probably, no, I don't have the world's largest. I probably have 10, 15 of his autos. And, and I, I've got them proudly displayed by my, my Rod Cruz and my Eric Davises and, you know, all my other favorite players. And, um, you know, just kind of as a, a tribute to her. So, yeah, that's why I started collecting him. So, Well, you know what's really funny? It, it comes full circle. You know what he's doing now? No, I don't. He's coaching at the University of Pittsburgh. Really? So he's, he's in your wife's neck of the woods there. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. Others. Yeah, yep. Um, he uh, after he retired, he him and his wife moved to uh, um, Pittsburgh, and he's a coach for the Pittsburgh Panthers baseball team. So I'll tell you what, we're going to go up and visit Eric Hecker soon. I think we might go up this summer, uh, but maybe we'll we'll plan a trip to go visit him in the spring and maybe go catch one of their games. I might tell him that story. I, that that might be uh, yeah something that make his day. So that'd be kind of cool. So. Well, that, that's that's really cool. Thank you for uh, for sharing that with me. Um, well, I, I do got to so, give some credit. It was it was Google. Okay. Because <laughs> because you had me interested at the beginning. I was like, wait, let me see where he's from, uh, and then I saw where he's going. He's from Pennsylvania, and he's gone back to Pennsylvania. So, um, but one more little tie in there for the Shea the Shea family Shea household. Yeah, there you go. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So, um, so you like the Cubs. You know, I know you're a big Chris Bryant fan, and you know you like the Rams. But you know, one thing I've noticed about you from from what I've seen on Twitter um, is you seem to be more open-minded than the tribalism that we see a lot in in the hobby. And what I, what I mean is, I know you gave NFTs a chance. You you collect Formula One. You know, you collect soccer. You you collect Star Wars cards. You seem to really to have one of the more open to anything attitudes that that I've seen on the hobby, especially in Twitter. And when I refer to the hobby during this episode, I'm usually referring to hobby Twitter uh, <laughs> because that's the community of the hobby that, that I'm most familiar with. Which but, is uh, also the got, greatest community. It, it is. On, it again, is. where and what year and what month you're listening to yeah. this. And Twitter is the greatest hobby community it for all its foibles. Um but yeah, like uh, they can't see this because I'm I'm on audio. But yeah, this is a uh, I literally have a Star Wars Lizzo rookie card. I know most people don't give Lizzo a chance too. <laughs> they like to judge so judge based Star on the outside Wars or what they. And Lizzo. Well, was she was she on an episode. Of... Yeah, she was okay. on an episode of The Mandalorian this year, and so okay. on the tops now it's it's also got Jack Black on it, but I don't believe it's Jack Black's first card. I think he's been gotcha. featured quite a few other places before i haven't um, watched this season of the mandalorian yet so i did not oop, know that spoiler alert no there's <laughs> lizzo lizzo is on mandalorian um but yeah so so i'm definitely open-minded so is that, that, was the is question. that well the question was really you know and is it is that by design because you've got a brand and you have a your twitter account you know, you got 45,000 followers. I mean, I don't want to say you've got an obligation to the masses, but you almost do. I mean, it's almost like you have so many followers and so many people look to you and you are an ambassador for this hobby. So when you are, you know, 
sharing the Formula One tweets, and I know you do get up in the middle of the night to watch Formula One, so I know you're a Formula One fan, but when you're sharing the soccer and, and the Star Wars, is that because you truly enjoy collecting those, or is that kind of a, a for-the-brand type thing where you're just going to be open and you're going to you know, share what people are interested in, whether it's you or not? Is that, does that make sense what I'm asking? Yeah, yeah, I think it's and I think it's a great question. Um, I would say, interestingly enough, uh, my personal philosophy is if I were less that way and more of a stick in the mud, I'd have more followers. Um, the my number one driving character trait is curiosity, and like one of my challenges actually when I went to college, like in high school, you can do everything and they let you, you know, you can play football and also be on the, you know, the science club. Like you get to college and all of a sudden they're like, okay, now pick something. And I loved everything from physics to sports, to geometry, to journalism, to, you know, Shakespearean theater so much. I couldn't pick. It was very frustrating. I actually went through um, four semesters of depression before I, I found acting, which allowed me the chance to do all those things. You know, you could be a, a Yankees player in a play for, for six weeks, and then you could switch and you could, you know, explore World War II Germany and what the youth were going through there, you know, on both sides. And then you could switch and you could be, a, you know, a physicist. Like, there's actually plays about physics. It's really cool. Um <laughs> So, so I ended up jumping into acting and that's what led me to Los Angeles. Um, but that same spirit of curiosity, like it's why I love, it's why I think Twitter is the best community first off, because you can experience so much that's beyond you. Um, and I'm not afraid to be opinionated. I'm sure you've seen some of my takes. Oh, yeah. Like I'll share my takes with people on my opinions. I think the problem is I really am. I'm an optimist. And I enjoy things. I enjoy Star Wars. I enjoy Lizzo. I enjoy F1. I enjoy women's soccer. I actually like women's soccer more than I like men's soccer because I feel like they don't flop as much. Like they play harder because it's like they're trying to prove something. So these are things I enjoy. Um, you know, if I just focused on the big three or the big four more, you know, I might actually have more followers. These people are like, why is this dude tweeting about women's soccer? I don't care about that. You know, why is he posting a Lizzo rookie card? You know, there's lots of people that, that are haters of Lizzo. There's people that probably turned off this podcast. Sorry, Che, I just turned them off <laughs> by saying that I like Lizzo. You know, um, in the comments, in the reviews, let us know. What's your take on Lizzo? <laughs> Have you actually listened to her music? Or is your take based on a, a magazine cover or someone else's tweet that you saw? You know, think about it. So um, I also suffer from being an absolute centrist which means that my friends on the right think I'm a crazy, crazy lefty. And my friends on the left think I'm a crazy righty. And I can never give up because they'll always ask a question. I'm like, well, here's why. And I'm always providing the opposing view. Yeah. Not even necessarily because I believe in the opposing view, but it's just like, hey, understand what other people think. Understand what other people are going through. Understand how other people can get to that conclusion. Um, I think that we're doomed to repeat history if we don't understand how it happened 
And the more we look at somebody that has a different life experience, producing a different opinion, producing a different outcome as wrong, instead of understanding how they got there, like the world's just going to keep being this. So that's my philosophy. It probably sounds nice and Zen here, but it also leads to its own level of conflict. Like I said, which is people, you know, on both sides hating me, whether it's, you know, I use that political example just for easy dichotomy, but, um, but no, and here's the, so I tweet about what I like. If I like something, I tweet about it. You know, there's, um, I'll give you a good example. Garbage pail kids. You can find some tweets about it just because it's, you know, commentary and people are asking questions or it's released. But, like, I don't post Garbage Pail Kids hits. I don't really enjoy Garbage Pail Kids much. You know, it's just not my my thing. It's never been my thing. Um, So there are some things that I just don't like. But that's the other reason why I absolutely love Twitter. And I think how I got to where I'm at now in, in Twitter is when I was a kid, I am young enough still, Che. Um, we had like 13 channels when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> you know, every and everybody says this. Oh, when I was a kid, everybody collected. It's so different from today. Everybody collected. Well, yeah, they did, but nobody collected like I did. You know, even my brother, like he didn't organize the cards as much as I did. He didn't sort the cards as much as I did. And the kid next door who had three times as much money to spend on packs you know, he had his cards in a shoebox. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you can buy any pack you want. We couldn't afford 89 Upper Deck. My cards were sorted and taken care of. His were in a shoebox, you know, and he could he could have had whatever he wanted. So we would ride our bikes to, you know, the, the shop that was like three miles away. You know, and we'd hang out in the shop. And, but even still, that's like exposure to three or four more people. Well, then all of a sudden, fast forward to, you know, 2011, I discover hobby Twitter and now I'm meeting people who care more than I do about cards, who know way more than I do about cards, you know, and it's like, wow, these are at my fingertips. I can throw a question out there and get smarter people than me responding, get people with more history than me responding. I love that. And I've been soaking it up for over a decade now. And, you know, I invite you again, (laughs) sillily alluded to politics earlier i don't understand what people do on twitter that aren't in a hobby yeah like i don't get it but if you're in a hobby twitter is a incredible place to build a community so it's amazing i mean and i've told this story on twitter but i never really i guess told it out loud i joined a hobby twitter i'll be honest because i was going to get ten thousand followers and they were going to i was going to then tweet out my ebay links and I was going to sell just a ton of cards, you know. Mm-hmm. So I go on Twitter, and I'm going to use it as a vehicle to increase my sales on eBay. And it was within a few weeks. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. I mean, you know, <laughs> these people, there are people on here who, who care about seeing my J.R. Richard cards. And there are people on here who, you know, every time I post an Eric Davis card, just go – you know, I get so much response, and th- just this sense of community was overwhelming, and I, I, I absolutely mm-hmm. love it. And um, it doesn't hurt that you it, take such great pictures. Yeah. <laughs> well, Again, a, case uh, in point, someone that takes better yeah. pictures than I ever could. It's yeah. joyful to see yeah. your success, your your quality. Like it's fun. 
It's been such a fun community to be a part of. So if you're listening to this and you didn't find us via Twitter uh, and you are obviously interested in the hobby, you wouldn't be here 30 minutes in, um, check out, you know, Twitter, the hobby community on Twitter, uh, hashtag the hobby, just search it or follow at watch the breaks and then just look at um, some of his responses and replies and, and follow those people. Uh, it's a it's a truly wonderful community and uh, I'm so glad I found it. Or follow en sports cards one <laughs> but now i just realized what i think you've told me this maybe in dms like two years ago but i not remember now what does en sports cards mean okay so uh when i created the account i wanted to i had a twitter account for years i had i don't know 10 12 years i had a twitter account that was for i didn't know the hobby twitter existed so it was just your regular Twitter account where I got news feeds and updates. I and, still don't know. What you know, do people like, like, what did you yeah. do? What, what, what do people on Twitter? I, that... <laughs> yeah. I didn't have any followers. I followed Kentucky basketball accounts, red centric accounts, sports centric accounts, news accounts. Um, but when I found the hobby Twitter, I wanted to create a specific account that was specific for it. And so I wanted it to be centered around sports cards. And I'm like, oh, I don't have a company. I don't have an LLC. I don't, really sell you know cards right now so my oldest son is named noah and my youngest son is named eli mm. and i was like what can i do so if i ever do create a company i'll probably call it you know i can just name it en for elijah and noah so i just came up with en sports cards so now i do have an llc and I'm, you know i sell quite a bit and things like that but yeah it's just um my at the time i had two children and it was their first initials and sports cards so that's it yeah that makes sense that's nice. I like that. Yeah. So, speaking of uh, selling cards on eBay, I, I need to, to start selling on a different platform. Um, and I wanted to give you a chance to talk about this. You, you just moved. You talked about um, being from Nebraska originally and yep. moving to Beverly Hills uh, to, to follow uh, your acting career. But mm -hmm. you recently made another move. Um, and you're back in Nebraska, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, what brought you back there? Well, we uh, we added a, another letter to the E and the N, so to speak. We we had a third kid, and three children in an apartment is not easy. Uh, three children in an apartment, four thousand miles from any grandparents, is also not easy. Um, and you know, we just thought it was it was time for a little bit of a change, um, you know, for the sake of the kids. So. We came back here. Also, our, our parents, both sets are getting a little bit older. So, you know, it's good to be close to them and be able to help out with things. Um, so, yeah, that was it. Really family reasons. Um, but sort of funny timing because uh, I think you kind of alluded to it. I actually have a full-time job in the hobby now, which is I'm the community lead for a startup marketplaces company called ISO and it's an alternative to really not just eBay but any place where you sell cards uh, all this stuff we've talked about with the Twitter hobby community well ISO's goal is to be a place where communities go to have sort of like a community marketplace that they share so some of the stuff that you see happen in Facebook groups some of the stuff that you see happen in discord groups mix all that together with the tools that you see for selling on eBay or on whatnot or, um, you know, any of those platforms, 
it's like, why can't we have that all in one place where you're doing your buying and you're selling with, you know, platform support, buyer protection, seller protection, you know, easy payment processing, um, the ability to do auctions, but you're also doing it in a way that's conversational, you know, because so, Jay, you sell on eBay. Uh, have you ever had somebody on eBay and maybe you have, I'll admit it's probably happened to me twice in 12 years. Who's like becomes a follower of yours and pings you asking for other stuff no, or yeah. yeah. So this is a way where it's like, and there's no community. It's just 100% transactional. Yeah. So the guys who founded this, they worked together at Snapchat, which, you know, is a social, social network first and foremost. And they saw the way that people were bootstrapping social network groups into commerce and into transactions. And they said, what if we could make a really comfortable, fun way that melded the two? Because the social networks weren't built for commerce. So there's still a lot of band-aiding and hacking that you do to make it work. Um, or there's parts that are clunky. And then similarly, the commerce sites definitely aren't built for community. And so I'm really blessed that I get to um, lead the sports card category for them. So I work with all the marketplaces. I work with all the uh, you know sellers and you know buyers, answer questions. Um, but sorry, this just turned into a big ad. No, no, <laughs> but it's just tied into like... You know, it's a really fun, it's an interesting time because um, thankfully also that job is something I can do anywhere that I can connect to the internet. So it enabled us to do this move um, and uh, be closer to family, which is really, really, really cool. Now, that's awesome. And, you know, I asked that question specifically, you know, one, because it touched on that you now have a full-time job in the hobby you love, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, But two, you know, that platform, I believe in it. And, you know, I've created my account on there. I'm just not selling. I have one listing on eBay now, and it's been on there for, for months. I'm, I just haven't been in the selling mode. But when I get back into selling, that's, I'm going to use that. All of know. us collectors, that's the problem, right? Is I've got yeah. stacks around me, and it's like, yeah, I'll get around to this someday. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, just that, that sense of community. And, you know, I, I truly believe, you know, this is people over cards. And, you know, that platform that you've described it has that people element in it. And, you know, I, I'm all for promoting that. So, um, you know, I think that's what I've seen of it. it it's really cool. And um, what a great idea, you know, to kind of marry, you know, like you said, to give that buyer protection, but then have that sense of community. So I, I wish you the best in that. And, and I, I commit to you that I'll, uh, I'll be participating more uh, as we move forward. So congratulations on that though. I'm happy for you, man. I'm happy. Well, for you. and, and keep in mind, you can always, um, so it's really cool. Cause you can either, you can participate two ways or really three ways. You could just be a buyer and community member. Um, but I am speaking to you, Jay, cause I know that you, you're, uh, you know, you have stuff to sell. So you can either spin up your own marketplace and work to build up your community in that way. And a marketplace is cool because it supports other sellers. So you can have people that are selling in the EN Sports Cards marketplace. But at the same time, if that sounds like a little bit more work, like you can find there's tons of great communities on there already. Some of whom, you know, I'm sure you, I'm sure the listeners will recognize. Like you can just jump in and join a community and ask the community owner, hey, I'd love to list some items. And they can enable you to sell in that community 
Um, and then what's cool is we're starting to see where things from outside the community are trickling in, which is great support for the sellers. Um, you know, it's like, it's always nice when you get a surprise sale and you're like, Oh, where'd that come from? Oh, somebody saw this on this platform. Um, and that's the other thing that we've built is social integrations that are really strong. So even though you're selling in the community marketplace, you can click one button and create a post that goes to Facebook or Twitter or uh, Instagram. And the person that's in whatever community that is on Instagram or whatever Facebook page or group you're, you're posting to, they can type claim or a hashtag that's you know specific to your marketplace. And AI automates this and either tells them, hey, that item is actually sold out. Go check out my other items or sends them a direct link to the item. Uh, not to the item, sorry, to a cart holding the item. So if I post something and you say claim, you get that link DM to you from me. That link is specific though. No one else has that actual link. Even if they're on the website trying to get it, your claim took it off the website and put it into that link just for you. That's really cool. I saw a tweet just a couple of days ago about a guy who double sold something because he had it listed on Twitter and on eBay and they sold within an hour of each other and he didn't have a chance. You know, he posted his negative feedback and his negative review and how, how angry his buyer was at him because he double sold something. That's, that's genius. That's, yeah. That's well, really cool. another way that it's designed to be helpful is, for example, I met with a, a breaker the other day and the breaker's like, oh, you know, I, I do really small breaks. They're really community focused. We have a lot of fun, but I, I run into this problem where I've got like one community on Twitter and one community on Facebook. And if I post a break, I usually post it here first because I'm mon like he's monitoring it. He has to see which teams get claimed. That's really hard to do on two networks, especially when you full-time job, full-time dad, like all that. And I said, right. my goodness, we have the tool for you. Make ISO your home. You can post to each of those social networks, but if somebody claims it over here, it's going to move it out of ISO. It's going to hold it for them. So you can actually suddenly service your community that is across multiple platforms better with more ease in a way that a human just can't scale or, or a full-time human might be able to, but again, want, you know, some of these fun breakers that are doing it part-time that, you know, like understand what they're going through. It's not easy. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> I've started doing some breaks and man, let me tell you what happens on camera is 10% of the break, 90% oh, of it's yeah. the sorting. Okay. Um, but so it's this really cool tool that allows him to bridge a couple different audiences that he has and suddenly he goes from one audience always saying well hey how come we always get the leftover teams to both audiences having the full chance at it um, so we're just trying to build a lot of different technical solutions for for all those types of frictions and use cases to make it just the cool place to hang out yeah it seems like you know i'm, I'm in the discord and i see some of the conversations that you have with your members and you know i can truly say it's uh You've got the people first. It's a kind of a people first mentality there, and, and uh, I know it's going to be successful. So congratulations on that. Thank you. For sure. Thank you. So, well, man, I just looked at the clock, and uh, 
we've been going almost 40 minutes. And I, 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 I build this show as a 30 minute episode. So man, I, it's been such oh, a joy to talk with you. That's my fault. I, you know, that's the one question I forgot to ask beforehand is, uh, how long, what's our target? Oh no, I, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm long winded myself. And, uh, I knew it would go a little bit long, but I'm not going to do the, um, I, I want to keep it, you know, fairly consumable in one, one drive to work, things like that. But I would love to ask, cause I still have things I want to talk to you about. Um, Come back. Will you come back in the future and, and, and talk to me again? Absolutely. I think we both benefit from uh, the, like, uh, hey, we'll stay up past our children's bedtimes. So, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. Can, we can make yeah. this work again for sure. Absolutely. Well, Ivan, thank you so much for, for, for coming on tonight. You know, I do feel like I learned some stuff about you, and I hope those of you listening, you know, uh, learn something about him too. Because, you know, everybody knows Ivan, especially if you're on Twitter. Um but I think it's good to get to know a little bit more about the person. So, you know, um, it was ISO.gg, right? For yeah, your, it's one of those web, web 3.0 domains, yeah. .gg. Gotcha. So okay. ISO.gg. Obviously, they can find you at, at Watch the Breaks on Twitter and mm-hmm. what is it, at Collect Fail on YouTube. Is that correct? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I don't know if that actually still works on YouTube. They, uh, they edited it, like accounts that are under 1,000 subscribers, I think don't get that so you just got to type watch the breaks okay. and you should find my name gotcha. Um, gotcha. but yeah or subscribe get me back over a thousand so i can get a uh, custom yeah. url there you go yeah. all right well thank you so much ivan i really do appreciate it and i look forward to talking to you again i okay. appreciate you man thank you che hopefully we'll see each other in person sometime soon also for sure are you go- are you going to the national this year you uh, didn't go last year i will be there yeah last year with the the pending move the newborn and it being in Atlantic City while I was on the West Coast wasn't possible. Um, and uh, this year, I think being in Chicago, me being in the Midwest, should be feasible. So, All right. Well, I will be there. So we will have to sit down and, and break some bread together or at least have a conversation. So I look forward to seeing you there. I love it. All right, man. So that's going to do it for this episode. Again, I want to thank Ivan for taking the chance and agreeing to be my first ever guest. He was the first big name in the hobby to recognize and interact with me on Twitter when I was brand new to that community, so it's no surprise that he was gracious enough to join me early in this endeavor. I'd also like to say a sincere thank you to you, the listener. I hope you enjoyed learning more about Ivan, and I hope you'll come back next week for the next episode. If you did enjoy this, if you'd go ahead and give this a follow on whatever platform you're listening on, I'd be extremely grateful. I'll be back next week, and I hope you are as well. Until then. This is Che, wishing you happy collecting.